I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey guys, it's episode 153 of Please Advise. I'm really excited to be back because last episode we got to record with Ed and I wanted to make this like easy on me and also bring back some of the people you guys love. So I'm here with my friend Stacy Jones. Hi. Hi. You look so skinny. I'm like, we're, I'm not worried about you, but I'm like very impressed. <laughs> Thank you. I weighed this much the last time I saw you, but I don't really wear clothes that show my body so then there's that so that's i agree like whenever i wear like a form-fitting outfit people are like molly and i'm like i'm literally a size four i just don't i just don't i wear drapey clothes like yeah i mean i think anything you do outside the norm always elicits like a, a big response from people sometimes and yeah. it makes you feel so uncomfortable or at least it makes me feel so uncomfortable being like I can when it's do my other body sometimes, I'm like yeah. I can do other things with my like look for appropriate situations like I'm not gonna come into work dressed to the nines so yeah I'm gonna like 
up it a little bit for the holiday party. Right. Why are you acting so surprised? Well, what will shock me is like Christina literally like chopped off like a foot of hair. And like it was a really nice not, surprise. Not, not recently. recently. But it was like it's also, by the way, her hair grows so insanely fast. Like Mine I had cut my hair into a bob. Like she had her hair in like a full blown bob like a year ago. My hair would not be there already. I've been growing this for like three years. This is all I got. I've been growing it, my hair for like seven years, I think. I cut it up to here in October, and now it's like pretty like far down a little bit more. Yeah, it's, it's like at her right boobs now, already like, again, which yeah. is crazy. So when I saw Christine when it came in and like you had a bob, like first of all, I was impressed because most girls cycle that through their entire friend group. Like they don't go in and get a big cut like that unless the entire friend group is like co-signed and they like yes. the style or whatever. Um I will just change my hair. Like, I literally was on my way to the hair salon. I was like, I think I'm going to dye my hair blue. And then I like, texted my hairdresser. I was like, can you go pick up some blue hair dye? Like, she, it was literally happened like that. Um, but, yeah, like, I've been on a whole, like, hair program. But, anyway, point is, is that you will, like, really change your look. Yeah. And, like, that always is going to elicit a big reaction. But I do remember, like, the first time I, like, went platinum, like, fully platinum a few years back. When I walked in the room at Two Broke Girls, like, I wanted everyone to shut the fuck up. Like, and my coworker was like, you can't walk in here with, like, a completely drastically different, like, you can't have the other end of the spectrum on your head and not expect anyone to say anything. And I'm like, I also didn't do it for, like, a conversation. But, like, you know, and but I think that that environment, like, hinged a lot on, like, looks anyway. So that was probably why I was extra sensitive about it. But... I mean, anyone can tell me I've lost weight anytime. That makes me feel good. Yeah, I mean, I won't say I have lost weight. Uh, it hasn't really been a conscious thing. Yeah. And no lie. I mean, I was like kind of a twig my whole life until like my like early 30s. I started to gain. But um, people tell me I'm skinny. You know, I don't I don't hate that. No, it feels good. I mean. It, unless you know you've been starving yourself and you're like, no, I'm actually really fucking unhealthy. Like, or you've had terrible I, anxiety and just haven't been eating like at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I, I like, wish I had that I type like of those. I like you. I know you and I are the same where I think that I just will like starve. But Christina, like Christina, most people I know are more like you where they're like, oh, my God, like I want to stress eat or something. Mm -mm, I can't put anything in, in my Same. body if I'm if I have anxiety, which I have very high grade anxiety sometimes. It's situational like, you know. My story of like last summer was, you know, not not bueno, but, um, you know, it wasn't I just nothing. I'm not even it doesn't even occur to me to eat. Uh, listeners do not advise. I'm not like trying to advocate for like ED here. No, and I also know, too, that I like I can be flipping about this subject because like I've had the range of that stuff and so like if it ever sounds like flippant it's not like no get an just, Adderall prescription and abuse it like we no. talked about it on the like I think the last time I was on we talked about this it was yeah. about that this American Life episode tell me I'm fat with Lindy uh, West and yeah. we had like a protracted conversation about it I actually listened to the last episode I've been doing this like super top secret project at work not to totally derail the conversation but I've been learning a lot about like radio journalism and journalism yeah. created for listening and it's very different and mm -hmm. so I've been trying to catch myself in the way that I say things and the way that I 
not I'm not a journalist, but I work at a media company. So like not just the way that I say things, but also the way that I say things as a woman. Yeah. Like I feel like I implicitly kind of apologize or give deference to people in a room. And I'm trying not to do that. So I have some like I've laid out some guidelines for myself today on the show. It's really hard to not apologize. And that's something that like I the dude I'm seeing actually pointed out to me the other day is like you apologize too much. He's like, why do you keep apologizing? Which, by the way, was really nice like to have like a guy that you because most guys like they'll care about you, but they won't realize that you're doing something that's like kind of just like overall questioning your own value all the time. Yeah. And like to have him say like, you don't need to do like you, you don't apologize. You didn't do anything like that was like very nice. But I will say I, I do really recognize now how much I I'm conscious of it now in a different way. Yeah, I just say things like I think or I believe when I should just say what I think instead of prefacing it. It's it's like a way of doubting your like the verity or the whatever correctness or how am I trying to say this? Uh, it's almost like I don't really believe it myself well, when I when I preface it with something like that. You I know, I've always felt. I think no, I felt always that. See, I just did it. In my mind, I think the tricky ones are I feel and I believe because it right away, it makes your statement not a fact or like an actual like formed opinion. Right. It makes what you're saying like, you know, you're not being, you're not asserting yourself. Well, this is what I feel or like, you know, and everyone can argue with a feeling because it's like an ego based, like, you know, whatever. And they can say like, I dismiss it because it's a feeling or it's a belief, which is like to some people they're like, that's as silly as like the flying spaghetti monster or whatever. Like, yeah, you believe in that. Like, you know, what does that mean to me? What do your beliefs mean? Don't be afraid to have an opinion and don't be afraid to assert yourself. That's, those are my and by the way perfect example of a memo that you give other people that like you're constantly trying to improve yourself on i like relationship advice it's the same seven pieces of advice circled (laughs) over and over again what were you gonna say sorry i was just i was just gonna say like but also like as women we're just like we can we can try to operate the same way that men do and say things the same way that they do it's just gonna be inherently taken differently yeah we are differently so regardless even if we try to even out that way it's not gonna be received the same way oh i know i mean that's why i mean i you know had a partnership that i was in for a long time and anytime that i would talk specifically about work and just about work and like remove other elements like our personal relationship or anything else that was involved she'd be like you're terrifying me and i'd be like no we're talking about work right now and when we're talking about our friendship like that would be a different tone and conversation but right now we're discussing work, which is not actually a very emotional thing. It's actually a pretty cut and dry thing. And like getting that emotion too involved in the whole situation is detrimental. Like it, it really just like cuts everything off. I don't know. But I understand what you're saying. It's very scary to people when like a woman's being direct, direct. like it's terrifying. And unapologetic. Oh, yeah. That's it's it's the not being apologetic for what your opinion is i've been coached before to be like softer in my approach for things yeah what mm-hmm. who coached you a man or a woman a man a woman actually yeah i have so many things to say about that yeah and i kind of like is it it's like but it's like tri- tricky thing is like should i take this note or is she internalizing something that she's trying to get me to internalize as well or telling you what worked for her based yeah. on her experience right which is legitimate you know yeah I, I mean, know. I think also in a way it sucks, but like, 
because it just keeps like everything that's wrong alive. But like, what's wrong with playing the game? Like, if that's how you need to talk to someone to get what you need out of them, do it. You know what I mean? And like, that's something that I'm always taking notes on for myself where it's like, I don't understand this fucking town. I don't understand this business. I don't understand going into something and being like, yeah, I like what you're doing and then not doing anything. Just say you don't want to do it. Just say, and I understand you have to finesse. It's a politics thing. And there's a whole. It's diplomacy. Yeah, yeah. it's really. It, but for me, I've always come from a place of like, don't. Don't talk down to me by not addressing something. You know, and that's right. how I view it. But it is actually you have to be political. You have to be every game is different. And I go back and forth on that a lot. Do I want to play the game? Do I want to be right? Like, what do I want to be? What's what do I win by doing ultimately? What's my end game? I think that's exactly like, what's the goal. That's exactly right. And I'm not think I definitely don't think about that a lot. I see other people do it like um Vanderpump rules. Sheena's doing that with Rob right now. And I'm like, what's your long term though? Like, I understand what you want us to believe right now, but like, where do you want to be in five years and how can you get yourself there best? Is it by like walking around telling everyone that you're probably going to marry this guy you've been dating two months? Probably not. You know what I mean? Um, it's just weird. Anyway, Stacey, what else is new with you? Um, started out the year. A little more sludgily than I would have liked. Yeah. But I'm trying to be more patient with myself. I'm starting to get going now. But it has, you know, you want to come into the new year, titties out, like ready to. And I'm not really a big resolutions person, but there are definitely some things that I'm working on, like professionally and personally with myself. And I think the first two weeks that I was back at work, I really just wanted to come home when the sun set and like be in my bed, which is yeah. kind of like what I did actually. Yeah. Um, and just like use my heating pad and watch, say, I like watch to lay the on wire <laughs> and which I'm still not caught up on. Just got the worst spoiler alert about ever. Um, thanks David Simon. It's my own fault for not watching it, you know, in 2008 when it ended. It is tough ago, to be like, but- Oh, I don't want to like, I, and I, when I talk about like breaking bad, for example, like I'm still like, does everyone watch Breaking Bad? Because I'm like, you know what? It's your fucking fault at this point if you haven't seen it in 2000. What is it? 17? If you haven't seen it, 18? That's your that's your fault. But like, yeah. also, I don't want to ruin Breaking Bad for everyone. It's a great fucking show. <laughs> what? Did you not like Breaking Bad? No, no, no. Breaking Bad's fine. No, no, I just have, I feel very strongly about people who are very sensitive to spoilers to the point where they sure. will tell a group of people to stop talking about something because right. they haven't seen it. And it's just like the injustice of that is like, right. Just rubs me. The well, wrong you way. see that like in writers' rooms or something where they'll be like, this is a no talking about Star Wars zone <laughs> or something. And like, Look, I actually do. I, I'll give people like a year, whatever. Like, I'm not going to blame you if you didn't watch last Thursday's episode. Like, it's been it's only Tuesday. Like, you know, you probably have kids or something. But if it's someone who's really like busy or whatever. But like, if you're the spoiler person, if you're the person that's going to be spoiled, walk away. Just walk away. Or the onus is on you not to be spoiled. Don't force everybody else to like not spoil you because that's just being yeah. ridiculously selfish. Yeah, I I call it like the Game of Thrones hysteria where you're like, okay, get caught up now. It's been on long. Like you, we know what's gonna happen, even I, if we don't. You know yeah. what I mean? I straight up had a coworker who asked us not to talk about Game of Thrones because he might watch it someday. No. Oh, that's really weird. I will say that I before I watched the staircase, there's a staircase, there's a thing in the staircase that is ridiculous. 
and it involves a I don't bird. know that show. It's a it was a twelve part documentary or like ten part documentary oh, that aired good? and it was yeah, it was great. You'll okay. love it okay. actually. Awesome. But it felt like this these filmmakers were able to get in on a murder trial like right when it started. Like right like before it started. So this guy, like you watch the whole thing play out and like all the different theories come up and like sometimes you think he's guilty, sometimes you think he's not guilty, sometimes you think it could be this person. But there is one theory about what happened that's insane. And it involves a bird and like, uh, I won't even say what type. And like, it was dropped. Someone said like, oh, the bird and the staircase, like basically. And I was just like, what do you mean? And like, it was like, it was the gnarliest spoiler. And I was like, I was like about to start the staircase myself. And like, just the whole time I'm thinking like, when's the bird thing going to come up? When's the bird thing? Like, if it's a big twist like that, I I try to not for because I've had things ruined for me, I try to just be like, "Hey, I'm gonna talk about this incredibly significant part of the series that will absolutely blow the fucking lid off of it for you." Like, <laughs> do you, do you know what I mean? Like, yes. someone, someone started Pretty Little Liars. I wouldn't be like, "Oh, trans character season six. Like, I would never do that <laughs> to you. You know, I just like, where are you at with this? I don't know. Um, we all have our different rules. This microphone is like in my asshole and Christina keeps tilting it towards me. I Um, got a piece of toilet paper. I know. Oh my God. We can't, we haven't (laughs) talked about that. Nothing to do with any of our assholes, but point (laughs) is that that is a reference to a conversation. Um, do you want to take our calls? Okay, let's do it. Hi, Malls. Um, my name is Jessica. I'm 26 years old. Um, I live in the Midwest. And I somewhat recently, not that recently, like a year and a half ago, moved to a larger city um, because I lived in my hometown or near my hometown for most of my life. I was just sick of it and wanted to find um, a place that I liked more with more things to do. So that's where I am, except... I don't really have any friends in my new city. Um, I live with my boyfriend. We've been together for a really long time. Um, And recently his parents have gotten really sick, so he's been out of town a lot, helping them out. And I find myself just really bored a lot of the time. And I'm just wondering, how do you you make new friends in a new city? Um, I don't really go out. Often, like, I'm not a big partier. I do, I mean, I smoke, I smoke quite a bit of weed. I'll just be upfront about that. Um, But I'm not really into, like, the bar scene, and I live in kind of, like, a college city, um, and I'm just not sure how to find friends who um, are interested in the same things as me and also don't just want to go out and get shit-faced every night. So... Um, please advise if you have any advice. I know that you have moved across the country, and obviously it seems like you've made a lot of new friends in your new city. So, yeah, just wondering if you have any advice, and also give Legs a nice smooch from me. Okay, thanks. Bye. Okay, so, um, her, just dump your boyfriend. He's holding you back. <laughs> 
And Christine always gets upset. She's like, that's not what they asked. I don't give a fuck what you asked. Do you want to know why you don't have friends? It's because you moved to a new city with your boyfriend. I mean, Stacey and I both kind of like sighed and rolled our eyes and looked at each other when you said you live with your boyfriend. Small head, small head shakes. Like we just were like, poor young girl. Like you will learn. You will fucking learn. I mean, good for you for moving out of your hometown. I did it when I was 17, and I will probably never move back. So, and I'm also, What's I, your I also hail from the mid, I'm from Indianapolis. Oh, okay. So I'm like trying to, I'm also like wondering what town. It's kind of college Like, I wonder what it is. You might, if you're in a college town in the Midwest, you actually might be from like a very, very small town. Um, But a couple of pointers. A, so many of my friends I met through work. Yeah. I mean, I met you at a fucking party. Yeah, we, my my first three years in L.A., during which I did not have a boyfriend, were some of the loneliest and most miserable probably of my right. life. And I think just you kind of have to just sit in that. But when you have a built in like chill buddy that you're going to like order in with and cook with and smoke weed with in your house, like you're not going to meet people because you're not out meeting people. You're and- just not. Here's the other thing is that every minute that you start to spend doing that, that you realize like, wait a minute, though, like I'm young. I'm in a new city. Why am I doing this? Like when I start when I was with my ex that I moved out here with or he moved out, followed me out here. I moved here first. Um, I lived with him and like it was just like. I couldn't go out and enjoy the city that I wanted to live with and live in and that I moved here for. Because there was always like a jealousy issue or who are you going out with or like, you know, maybe your boyfriend's not like an asshole. But like, I will say that you will grow to resent having that Netflix and chill buddy (laughs) when you are, you know, three years into living here and you're still not socially where you want to be. You're not socially independent. It really like anything about being isolated or taking a person away. Like I really do think it kind of applies to moving together at a certain point because you should want for him to go hit up a local sports where guys have this thing built in, which is that if they like sports, they can go make friends. All you do is you go to the sports bar and then you have friends. Yeah, that's not us at Sephora. You know what I mean? You're not like, hey, let's go try some new fucking primers together. And also like not me anyway, but. I'm really generalizing right now, but you're exactly right. I would also venture a guess, and I want to assume this, but I'd venture a guess that now that he's gone on the weekends all the time, you've like really started to feel his mm-hmm. absence because he's who you usually hang out with on the weekend. So again, I don't know what you do during the week. I don't know what you do for work. Fucking smoke weed with somebody at your work. We always think nobody does. <laughs> they all do. Yeah. Everybody does. You'll always find like those three people who are like, yeah. <laughs> go do that. Go out with them. Go to a movie. Like, go on a date by yourself. I used to do this all the time when I moved to L.A. And I could feel people looking at me, guys especially being like, who is this girl out by herself? Like, it's super empowering yeah. and also fun. Like, yeah. you need to know. It's good to know how to spend time by yourself and to yes. enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it yet, you have to start learning to. Oh, I torture myself. Like, I'll be like, I don't care if you are so fucking lonely. Like, you're going to Japan and you're going to have to figure it out. Like, and I'm, and by the way, like, I'm fine at this point, but I realize now that I've thrown myself into so many fucking wild things. Like, I just moved to Austin for like a month. Like, I didn't know anyone. <laughs> like, that was, that could have gone a lot of ways. All right, it went yeah. in a very good way. Like, when I went to London by myself, that could have gone a lot of ways. I wound up working out. Like, you really have to push yourself, especially mm-hmm. your boyfriend's not going to push you because 
for the same reasons that you probably wouldn't push him in a crazy way either. Like, you know, it feels better when you're secure, like your security blankets around. Um, you got to push out of your comfort zone. It's going to feel weird and uncomfortable at first. You're going to go to a movie by yourself. Going out to eat by yourself. You know what? You feel uncomfortable? Bring a book. Bring a book. Bring a magazine. You wouldn't believe. I love going to New York for this reason. Go out in Brooklyn on a Saturday or Sunday morning. There are 30 women at the bar where you're having brunch by yep. themselves reading The New Yorker. You know they're boss-ass women. You know mm. they're smart. Like, maybe you'll talk to them. Maybe you won't. I went to Santa Fe by myself over Labor Day. I met so many people. Oh, I go so Mostly bad. women. It was great. It was very, to like quote my Insta, like very Tori Amos, like George O'Keefe, 16-year-old yeah. Stacey mode, but it was fucking <laughs> awesome. Did you go to Meow Wolf? I didn't, but I did go to, um, I went out to Ghost Ranch, which okay. was sick. There's so much to do. You need like four or five solid days to do everything oh, okay. there. I had a Valentine's Day where like I drove myself up to San Simeon and just like <sighs> went to uh, Hearst Castle by myself. Yeah. It's I just so empowering. Time. Yeah. You just, there is a difference between, there is a divide between <laughs> loneliness and being alone. Yes. But you have to start navigating that because at, at a point, it does become a choice where you're choosing to stay in or you're choosing to go out and like take the risk to be vulnerable and maybe be like, oh my God, that was a super awkward social interaction. Like you literally just want to ask someone to be your friend. Be like, be, we, do you want to be friends? Yeah. Like, just, do, do you want to hang out? You just have to start. You just have to get out there. You're not going to meet people smoking pot in I your house. I feel like this is also really good dating advice too. It's just like yeah. you're going to have an awkward moment where you ask someone and they're not going to reciprocate and you yeah. have to get used to that feeling. Go to a bar by okay. yourself. Yeah, brace yourself, guys. Like learn how to like learn. This is my big thing right now is I'm like, okay, like you're probably going to fight with this guy. You are definitely going to fight with this guy. It doesn't mean the whole thing's over. And like, if it does, that was never supposed to happen. You have to brace yourself in life, girl. I really think you should be prepared for this man to break up with you or to find out something you don't want to know. I would say, but even before that, rather than it be super overwhelming and you're like, I'm just going to stay in because I'm too depressed or scared to do it. Use his being out of town on the weekends as an opportunity to do this for yourself. You will not regret it. I wonder if, yeah, if you've been vocal with your coworkers about the fact that you spend weekends alone. Like, I I bet, like, the cool girl in your office would hear that and be like, oh, my God, you should come out with me and my friends. And by the way, also remember that in any new city you move to, you will cycle through your first, like, five groups of friends. Like, it's never going to, it's very rare that it's a good fit right away. Right away, And you have to just be like, oh, I, like, lost four friends and I only had five. Well, you have one left. So, like, hang on to that one because then, you know, you'll just continue to meet people. In their circle. Sorry, Christina. What were you saying? I was going to say, what's the point of being in a relationship if you feel lonely? Yeah. Yeah. Don't be, like... Kristen and Tom on Vanderpump Rules stand together because you share a phone plan. Like, this isn't about, you know what I mean? Like, don't don't worry about the fact that you have someone who pays half the rent. Don't worry about the logistics. That will that shit will work itself out. Yeah, you gotta do what the heart wants. And I and I do want to say in general, general note about the show. I know I always am telling you guys to dump your boyfriends. It's because I mean it. Like, I really, I really mean it. I'm not doing it to be rude. I just like when I hear a young woman struggling to put together some basic ass sense like that. I really I'm like, oh, just break, just break up with him. Like, it's really only I'm never doing it to be mean. That said, let's go into this other thing that I've been meaning to address. Okay, so like some people don't 
really like when I hang them out to dry a little bit over here. Like when I just fucking rip them a new asshole. Like these people don't always like it when I ignore their question and do whatever I want. Um, but that's why, like, I always try and remind people that's you called this show where you have an unpredictable element over here, which is my moods. And so some days you're going to call me and I'm going to feel really bad. And I might even like cry about your situation. And some days you call me and I'm too fucking exhausted for my own life to even hear your shit. So if you've called into the show recently and I've burnt your feelings somehow, um, just know that like. In those moments in which I'm roasting you, that is you on your worst day and what you would say to a stranger who comes at you with like something like, I can't stop spending my husband's money. Um, I got to add this too. If you're in a, I think you said you're in a college town. If you're in a college town, this is probably the first and last time in your life you're going to live in a place where the median age of most people around you is 18 to like 32. Hot. Leverage it. (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) Like, you may feel like you're the oldest person at a bar, but there's plenty of bartenders and graduate students. Like, I was, I, I've done this. Go there to the are professor's bar. Many cool people to meet. Yeah. And there's good, like, get in. Maybe there's stuff at the university you can do. You don't always need a student ID. There's good lectures. Maybe there's, there's an 18-year-old you can do. You know what I'm saying? Or a 23-year-old. <laughs> Not mean. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm saying. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh my god! Can you imagine hanging with like a barely legal dude? Like he's eighteen. Like, can you imagine? I that mean, would be like, first I, of all, the sex would be atrocious. I don't know about that actually, and I have no, I've never you boned an eighteen-year-old of a twenty-three-year-old though. An eighteen-year-old is like, yeah, I mean that's like, like vir- virgin territory. It's rabbit sex. <laughs> yeah, not not speak. The only eighteen-year-old I slept with was when I was in the realm of the eighteen to nineteen-year-old. For the record. It's getting into like very p- gross porny mode, right? Sorry, Christina's you just like dying. I love it when like I say something that hits Christina really fucking hard. Because <laughs> it's always the grossest thing that it just comes out. Sorry, Stacey. No, it's all good. More on that later. No, I just was saying it's you're in prime friend making land. I moved to LA and was convinced it was going to be really easy and there were 12 million people here and there would be friends literally waiting for me at fucking Trader Joe's. Well, you know what? There weren't. <laughs> yeah, there's not friends waiting for you at Trader, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's or anywhere for that matter. You know so... where they might be? Whole Foods Wine Night. They oh. might be at the wine bar at Whole Foods. <laughs> do you go to the one in Pasadena? I don't do that. But I do know people that do it. Like the Whole Foods If you have like, a wine a bar, I was going to say, if you have a wine bar near you that does like wine tasting or something like that, that's like a cool way to meet people. Or maybe too. you're a whiskey person. I mean, yeah. whatever. There have got to be cool activities. Just get the fuck out, out of your house. Cool. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I would say those drinking events are really good to do it because everyone there on a ground level is like trivia night willing to fuck with what you do. Trivia night. Yeah. Yeah, Trivia night. I love a trivia night. Everybody. Nobody doesn't like a trivia night unless they're just fucking dumb. And like just walk up to like the people that only have two people. No, it's true. Right. Uh, Nobody doesn't love to be like, I'm smart. No, I loved. I actually loved one of my greatest like prides in college was like, like literally my friends for fun go do trivia like i'm like this is what we do at bc is you go and you learn more and you throw down your facts more yeah. after a day of throwing down facts let's go throw down some more facts and like that's was very i was very proud of that that's a big thing at boston college okay, get so out there girl stake your adventure be the laura ingles wilder of your life and get out there i'm a big little house on the prairie person uh the books not the show to be specific um but you know make your own adventure 
Yes. It's time. Stake okay. out. Okay, guys. <laughs> Be the change you want to see in the world. Thanks, Gandhi. <laughs> Thanks, Gandhi. Um, all right, let's take another question. Hi, Wolf. Um, my name is Brittany, and I was calling in regards to a relationship that I just ended yesterday. Um, essentially, what happened was I was seeing this guy for about four months. Very serious. He was super attentive, super attached. It was going so well. It was easy. I felt so comfortable and everything, and last night we met for dinner, and he essentially told me that he met up with his ex over Christmas, and they're still feeling fair, and it wasn't fair to do to me, and he left. Um, there were no signs of this beforehand, so I was caught very off guard, and I feel like I don't, I didn't talk enough. I was just... He literally was saying the other day how much he missed me and he can't wait till we meet up and make up for time because his schedule's been so busy. So I was just calling and asking for advice about, and I know it's hard because you have no details of this, but I have been in situations before where this happened and there's definitely telltale signs and whatever, but this is not the case at all. He, I just literally less than three weeks ago, we hadn't... I threw him his birthday and planned this whole thing, and it was such an amazing night. And I have no reason to believe anything else, but it just happened. So my advice to you is kind of how to cope with this because I'm kind of at a loss, and I'm just trying to remain sane. <laughs> also, if it's worth in the near future, but not immediately, to reach out and ask to have a conversation about it, um, I'd love to know your thoughts. Kind of a brief message, but just let me know. Thanks. Bye. That's a brief message, as you know, for Please Advise Nation. And the darkest thing is that she knows that, but I still felt like that went on for five hours. I also think it sounds like she's I also have no idea what happened. Still very upset. I think. Okay, Christina, help me make yeah, sure that I've I'm that I'm times, so recounting. So also, why does she have such a tiny voice? I think because she's been crying. She calling from under the sheets. Oh. She's been really crying. I think she's been upset. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, like it just is a fresh breakup. Oh, I yeah. didn't hear like... It happened last, oh. last night. Yeah, or, oh, last, or last week, recently. So she saw a guy for four months. Everything was great. It was easy. She was super mm. comfortable. He was super attentive. And I, it sounds like she went away or he went away? He they, went away. They went, he went away for like Christmas or something like that. And came back. And then he was like, oh, I'm super excited to see you. And then they went out to dinner and he was like, look, I saw my ex. We saw feelings for each other. It's not fair to you. And I have to, I have to peace. Yeah. I need the address of this man so I can have a word with him, actually. I mean, something happened in between that I'm excited to see you text and the my ex and I still have feelings for each other. And I bet you that the ex made it a, made like a conditional thing. Where it's like, if you want, if you want anything with me, if you ever want to have a future with me, you can't be with her. Or it's a jealousy play, and this is very common. Where you're like, I don't want want him or her, and then the moment you find out they're seeing somebody else, you're like, actually, I just want to have you. To I don't want you to like, I don't want you, but I don't want you to be with anybody else. So I'm just gonna be with you. That's like, I want I, you to be beholden the ex, to me. I think that's what the ex girlfriend's yeah. doing. I mean, I'll tell you this too: is that they're in college, right? I don't know uh, that we know. I that. assume that that's. We, like, I don't think we got. Oh, okay. I don't know because like the break implied to me like maybe a semester break, but I'll tell you this is that like I myself and a lot of other girls I knew fucked with our high school bo- high school boyfriends well into our freshman year of college just for like just to know you could 
Like, I mean, I broke up with him before prom, even because I was just like, I'm going to peace, dude. I'm going to Boston College next year. I'm going to like get some real dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to like go study. Um, but I would just like fuck with him for no reason. Like, I remember one night I was like, hey, guys, watch this. And I go, oh, my God, this is like so terrible. And I called my high school boyfriend. And I was like, hey, I want to get back together. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah, let's totally get back together. Like, I made a huge mistake. And then, like, I fucking ran his life into a wall for, like, 48 hours. And I did that to entertain myself. So, like, just so you know. (laughs) That's savage. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, like, he was also, like, he was pretty savage during our breakup. He spit on me. Yeah. Uh So, like, then I get to fuck with him a little bit. Yeah, you do. he was in California and I was in Massachusetts. Like, I was like, this is, like, you really think, like, you're going to school up by San Francisco and I'm at Boston College and, like, this is going to happen? This was a mistake on my part? Nah, dude. I'm going to give you an instructional manual for how to deal with this breakup right now because I just went through one myself not that long ago. I mean, the circumstances were different and I knew there was going to be an end point. Um, And, like, I'm talking to this person in a friendly way again, but just, like, hear me out here. Block him on all social media right away. Just do it. Unfriend him. Block him on Facebook. Block him on Instagram. Block him on, like, just unfriend. You can work all that out later. Two, do not text him. Do not call him. And I would advise at this juncture, do not respond to texts or calls. You ghost him hard. And I don't even, like, we're not even going to give him that much agency. This is about you. Cry it out. Get uber eats have someone bring you soup cry watch sad movies drink wine take a bath be super patient with and kind to yourself right now but you need to focus on yourself and don't don't you're not gonna have like perspective on this for a little while but just focus on taking care of yourself right now don't that mother but i know and and you and i have also been through breakups that like that was obviously the goal. Like that's obviously the goal is to do all of those things. But then sometimes you catch yourself and you're like, once you drink that wine, you are like, you know what? No. And like you go on your phone, you unblock that loser. You emotionally cut. Yep. Um, and I will say this is that it sometimes does help to delete his number from your phone and give his number to a friend. So if like, if for whatever reason you ever need it, like it's an emergency, like, it's in the it's in the hands of your friend and you have to go through them and say, I'm thinking about texting him before they're like a good friend won't just give you his number back, but they won't also won't. Unless you memorize the number. But my ex, like I actually still don't know his phone number, but like my ex ex, my like big love of my well, former love of my life ex, like I definitely I'll always know his phone number. Like I've known it for 20 years. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. You've known it for 20. But I don't want to talk to him. now. But like so. it's really hard to memorize a number now. Like I'm not really great with like, memorizing a phone number now. Yeah. Why, for- why would you? I mean, please advise his phone number. Three, two, three, four, five, seven, seven, four, three. I know that's like the only one I know. And like, do you remember how long how many? episodes that I have to read that off a piece of paper for like I'm telling you like over 50 um that's true I've gotten better at the ghosting and like no I'm like you want to see what no communication looks like watch this I've gotten very good at it as I've gotten older but that's like the last couple of years when I was younger it was drunk sloppiness like why don't you like me anymore what happened and like the best thing I would say to do when that happens because sometimes it's gonna happen and like you know even like look I did that as like a 30 year old woman like I was like you're ruining my fucking life you know and it's like if you feel that way and you're upset you know and like 
everyone's going to say to you, like, don't give him that. And it's like, you know what? I'm not giving him that. I'm doing this for myself. Like, I'm fucking pissed and I want I want some answers. And like, yes, ultimately, the better thing to do for yourself is always the thing that's going to get you further in the long run. But when you when you like, you know, are upset like that, especially if substance is involved. And I'm telling you, like drinking is a really fucking key point of a breakup and also the most dangerous part of a breakup. Um, I just be kind to yourself. Yeah. Don't when you wake up, those text messages were never sent. It never happened. It doesn't mean anything. Also, like you've had exes like come to you crying or send you like a shitty text before during a breakup or, you know, it's never easy to be the breaker upper. It's not easy. Um, And I often forget that. Like when I've been broken up with, I'm like, it's not easy to do that. No, it sucks. I would also say from where you sit right now is because I've been the breakupper and the breakupy. I've probably been the breakupper actually more times than than the latter. But um, just I'm gonna say this, and you're probably not ready to hear it yet. But this is about whatever's going on with him. It doesn't have anything to do with your self worth or your value or how smart you are or how pretty you are. I'm always just like I'm ugly and fat, and he must hate me, and I'm not cool. Yeah, and it's that's not what's going on here. Just. Try to remember that. And I definitely... This all sounds so treacly. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you don't. But it's true. Like, you just really... Molly's right. You just got to be patient with yourself right now and let yourself feel it. It's going to be jagged. And the best way to, like, undo what you just said, because that's a very real fear. And I remember during my last huge relationship breakup, which I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, whatever, everyone knows what I'm talking about, (laughs) that was, like, I definitely was, like, well, no one's... I'm never going to have a boyfriend again. Like, that was it. Like, I thought I was going to marry that dude. And then I like didn't have to worry about that anymore. And, like, now I had to go date someone. And, like, obviously, like, the fact that, like, no one had told me I was pretty in six months. And, like, this, all this other stuff that was going on in my life. Feeling, like, unfulfilled in my career. And, like, I definitely given up way too much for him. And I put a, a lot of things on the shelf for myself. Because I was, like, he's my concern right now. The concern should have been in myself. So I had such low self-esteem after our last breakup, after my last big breakup, that I really found a lot of relief in joining Tinder and then finding out that not only can I get another boyfriend, I can do it a month after we broke up and it's completely inappropriate, but I have proven to myself that like guys will like me. If I put myself out there, guys, I am likable. Guys can like me. I can still like, I still have it, so to speak. Like I really thought that I was like cashed out. Like, don't allow those, like, bad feelings about yourself to rule your world too long. And I know it's hard to undo that by yourself. So if you need to use other people to do that, feel free. We're all on Tinder. We all know what's what's happening there. Have grace with yourself and be forgiving of yourself. I'm, I'm, again, I just emerged from breakup, bottom of the well, black abyss you, yeah. town, like, two months ago. So I do understand what that is like and i'm speaking to you from i won't say the other side but i'm getting there it sucks and i will say if you can try and like make this memory like make this memory real like put it in crystal like literally just like remember this fucking moment like because there are a lot of people that do everything they can to forget how bad they felt when they went through a breakup and not only does it make you to remember this and to like remember this pain, not only does it make future pain 
like so much less significant because you can reason with yourself and and be like, I have been so sad before. I pulled myself out of this before. I can do it again. But it also makes you a better friend because like a lot of people like it's really tough when you go through a breakup and all your friends like it's okay you'll move on or like don't like feel bad. You know what I mean? Like when someone can really like Christina is an amazing listener. You're a great listener. You also give really good advice. You're both like great friends to have during a breakup. But it can be really fucking difficult when you're turning to people in your life that you can turn to about almost anything else. And no one seems to remember how bad it really feels. And everyone wants to minimize it. You know what? It's okay that like this is every feeling that you have can you can either turn it into like a memory or something that you forget. I think it's very important if you can to memorize memorize any feeling like this that you have so that you can be a better friend to other people because people are going to go through this. You'll go through it again. And um, I'm sure that like the thing that you want the most right now is for like people in your life to be compassionate. Yeah. And I want to say, too, there are going to be things that you find out. And again, like probably mm. not helpful for you right now. There are going to be things that you find out later in probably won't be tomorrow it probably won't even be in like a month but you're gonna find something out and it's gonna change your opinion of this person in a significant way and you will feel smug and satisfied i guarantee you friend this will happen i will will. i'll tell you this my mom really fucking blew my mind once i'm very naive like about like i'm like oh someone gave me all the information like i just assume i know all the information like if someone i take whatever someone says at face value and i was dating this guy in my like late 20s who really fucking tortured me. Like, he really batted me around. He knew exactly how much power he had over me. Because he had, by design, he had created that. And um, I remember him, like, admitting to me that he had kind of been in a relationship with someone else. And we were broken up at that point. So, like, whether or not that was within bounds um, is questionable. Like, it wasn't even Ross and Rachel were on a break. Like, it was really, like... We're not in a relationship, but we've continued to act as though we are. And I had found out that even though we were doing that, he had kind of been in another relationship with another person. And I remember like talking to my mom and I was like sobbing. And I was like, I feel like there's probably not even things he's telling me. And my mom was like, Molly, there's definitely things he's not telling you. She said, he didn't, you, this isn't even the tip of the iceberg. She's like, if this is what you're hearing, she's like, this is not you. She said, there's for sure things that you don't know about and like that really blew me away like I was like oh but I know no like I just because I'm not a liar I don't think it occurs to me that also like of course like of course like there was probably he probably had sex with my best friends and I don't even know probably didn't have sex with with me (laughs) (laughs) but um can you imagine Edge doing that to me there's no way. Can you imagine dating a guy who'd be like, I also fucked your gay best friend? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, now, I'm mean, now in 2018. Absolutely. I can. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, girl, I just hang in there and call us back and let us know. Yeah. Breakups are the worst. Just hang in there. We have both. We have all been through the breakup. Yeah. Okay. So we had a letter and. Um, I did what I never do, which is like I list Christina had Stacy read it to me beforehand. And I don't think it's appropriate to read on the air because I think that I don't know if it was I don't believe it was intended to be private, but I also think that it is very specific. So I don't feel for that reason comfortable reading it on the air. But there's a lot of things that she brought up in this, which is specifically that I think 
myself and guests being open about um, sexual assault and experiences with that was, was like gave her, you know, some idea that people she already listens to and deals with have have been through the same thing. Um, she also said that the Me Too stuff that's going on right now has been really difficult for her, which 100% agree. Yeah. Um, and um, basically, I think that that was mostly it, which is that she's just been through a horrific experience and she's living through this every single day in the news. And that is something I want to talk about just generally, because even though we don't have a specific question about it, I think that this is something that I'm sure each woman at this table and each person listening to this has had a different reaction to the fact that like, remember when Mel Gibson left all those really nasty messages for his girlfriend But didn't we find out later that they had been edited together? I mean, he did say a lot of gross, awful shit to her, but also that it had been manipulated in some way. I don't want to make excuses for no. All I'm saying is, like, technicalities aside, as someone who worked in gossip at the time, that was a gift every day. Even though he did those terrible, said those terrible things, that woman, that was a gift every day to wake up to yet another tape. Like it's like, oh my god, it's like it's Christmas again. This is like reverse Christmas. Like it fucking sucks how many times I've just hit Twitter refresh and I've seen someone that I've met or worked with or that's close with a friend or anything else is now in the news for this thing and it's not just like you know like the way that it was sometimes growing up even like where it's just like you know that that guy was did that terrible thing and like he's gross and terrible but like this is like a world on a worldwide level people are learning this about people that some of us hear no or that we don't even need to know you admire them you like them it's just really disheartening to read all this stuff every day and it's like kind of if if it's you've also lived that experience it's so just crazy making to read people who either want to justify it or minimize it i know with the aziz thing there was that really terrible piece that was written about in the that was written about it in the atlantic where that woman just basically said, like, women are temporarily powerful right now. Like, you can't just because you don't know how to call a cab doesn't mean that someone, like, was sexually aggressive with you. Which, like, I'm sorry, that girl's account. Um, and I always believe, like, a person who is a victim. Um, you know, you know, because there's really also there's no way to protect someone like that after that. Like, you can't. No one's going to jail because they were, like, sexually aggressive, unfortunately. Um so the only like recourse they have is to say something in the news, I guess. It's just been difficult. And like, I want to know like how you've been, Wags, how have you been dealing with that? Uh, I just want to know like what you've been, how you like dealt with it. If it's been like a triggering situation for you every day, or if you're like numb to it now or what? I have many thoughts about this. I will say on record that I have never experienced rape and I have never been sexually assaulted. I count myself as fortunate and no, it's like literally, literally just a matter of luck. I won't say that men have not been sexually aggressive with me. I will not say that I have not been sexually harassed yeah. or condescended to or objectified. I mean, I walked down Coenga wearing this shirt today and I mean you would think I was literally walking around without a head it was like a breast vest or something I mean just objectification and that's a totally separate thing and I you know I did a me too post and I hesitated to do it because I feel that I think that I know that to be a woman in this world means that you've 
been a victim of some kind of sexual harassment, objectification, assault, rape, uh, molestation, whatever the case might be, which makes me really sad. But I also think it's a reality of being a woman. And that breaks my heart for me and for us as women that we're almost used to it. Yeah. And that we take it as a like a state of like a condition of fucking being. Can I tell you something really fucked up that was said to me recently? Mm-hmm. I've always made like a kind of loose joke about like when people are like, oh, you've been raped. I'm like, yeah, I went to college in America. Like, obviously, I've been raped. Um, but I heard someone else say this that did not uh, was not trying to be funny, was not trying to like take the wind out of something. She literally factually said. I said, why, why didn't you go to school? She was like, oh, I didn't want to get raped. And I just, it's not funny at all. And it's like not great logic either. But that is how synonymous like going to a university can be with sexual assault for some people. Like, you know, literally the the way to not do that is one of one of one way to avoid being having something like that happened to you. It's not going to college. It's just not going to college. <laughs> Reading something like this letter today. I wonder if it actually further marginalizes people who have been through truly horrific shit in in so much as, yeah, everybody's been sexually harassed and, you know, have their, had their ass or their tit groped, blah. But what about the people who are taking a calculated risk, not just from a personal vulnerability standpoint, but from a professional standpoint? Yeah. I'm sure there are legions of women in Hollywood who are would love to out the next person and are like, yeah, that happened to me, but this is my career and I I need this or, yeah. or I want this. And I, I almost wonder if it hasn't, not just from a triggering perspective, but making it harder for people who have experienced true trauma or severe trauma, we'll say. I don't want to like trivialize anyone's trauma. It's all real and legitimate. Um, If it's not, it's not that much more difficult for them to no. to share as an experience like that and how it must be to be like, you know, my dad raped me, which was not what this letter was about, for the you, record. But you or can whatever. always say, like, you know, like, I will say that I, there, there have been days where I've woken up and I've just really hoped that the people who have been inappropriate towards me or to me or whatever are going to be outed next. But I know I can't do it. I'm sorry. Like, I just can't. Like, I need to. I haven't worked in like, I haven't had like a full time job. I've sold scripts and so I haven't had a full time job in three years. Well, think about that media list that got circulated. I mean, yeah. that girl's like, that woman's blacklisted now, sadly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it did not. And additionally, like, if you know anything about media and you saw it, no one on that list was a remote surprise. Like you, I work in media. I I haven't seen the list. And I know that there are a lot of journalists, male and female alike, who had issues with the way that it was circulated and the way that it was put together. But from the perspective of believing and listening to women, I don't know. I um, It's been an interesting moment. I just hope it's not just a moment. Well, that was, I think, the thing that really fucking killed me and – this is my like thought on moving forward. So, cause I kind of like had to put this together this week is that I, the thing that really bothered me about the Aziz piece is not that the woman kept pointing out over and over again, how old she is, you know, and which is a big thing for me because it's like, you know what, at least you can acknowledge that, but to put to put this in the most like, like common stupid example that people do to make people and women and people who are young feel 
worse about themselves is like the vocal fry argument. Like vocal fry is so annoying. Well, it's like you don't speak in old English anymore either. So like we language adjusts. It develops. It changes. The way that people talk changes over time. So like to have an issue with the way an entire generation of women apparently speaks is just you are you're literally just saying like I don't want to hear you talk the way you talk annoys me learn how to say it my way that's really annoying to me so I do think about like when I was reading that piece that part of it but mostly that she called women temporarily powerful which really took my breath away because deep down I feared and suspected that maybe that's the case. And the only thing that I have, the only evidence I have to support that is that unfortunately none of these women who have come forward have jobs because they did it. Like if, if someone really want take Mina Suvari, for example, where the fuck has she been? Now we know she's so fucking talented. One of like such a great actress. So, so comedically brilliant, like just amazing Take her and develop something with her. Like, no one's picking up the ball on the other end of, like, them throwing it out there. They're being like, oh, my God, poor someone, comma, victim. You know what I mean? And, like, it's just not... I just think that if people want to really show that they are sorry for this happening and that it's not valid and that you are not crazy, that you are worthy, that you are all these things, give them a fucking job. Like... That is really all they're saying is like, I want to work. All I want to do is work and I can't do it because something really bad happened to me. Or something really bad happened to me and now I'm known as outing that something really bad happened to me. Like I outed a person because I say, I will say this, for every man that has been outed the Matt Lowers and Harvey Weinsteins of the world, there are probably 10 other men, like a 1 to 10, 2 to 10 ratio of people who have not been and I would argue will not be. No. And and for every one of those, there's probably a hundred people who gave up all their dreams or, you know, realized that or decided that what they wanted their whole life wasn't that because they had a terrible experience. Like, I mean, can you imagine women like, that we're never gonna see or know their names yeah. because they didn't they didn't get that chance to take that or or they gave up. I mean, I, I get that, you know. I think about like the privilege of being of like working your way up to being like an NBC page for example and how like for so many people getting into the page program is like the most exciting first step towards their career. Right. And everything that they've done up until then has been about getting into that. And then you work your way all the way there and now you're working with the on-air talent. And then something like that happens. And basically, like, all of your accomplishments are not only minimized, but, like, the joy is sucked out of it. And it just, it's so, like, that's actually, like, the part that really bums me out is I hate to see people give up on their dreams because they had one really nasty boss or they, you know, had, I mean, we have a caller that she's called frequently. She worked in PR and, like, basically her boss fired her and she'd moved home. And it just was like, oh, like, yeah, like, you know what? I, w- I can understand if I was 22 and I had some older woman who worked in my field who really, like, fucking shook me by the shoulders for a very silly reason. I could see why I would go home after that if I was, like, you know, if I was, like, a little bit less, like, secure or, like, or on like, the precipice of whatever. So, I'm so stubborn. I think that's probably the problem. But, um, and why I continue to put myself through hell. I mean, I think everyone thinks this industry is really fucking hellish. And it's like kind of like the joke is that it's very hard to do. But um, 
it's not digging ditches, but it's like, like now I think now what people are seeing is the mind fuckery that goes on in it. Like, cause like, here's the thing is that people are always like, Oh, celebrities complaining about their jobs. And it's like, no, I mean, first of all, this happens in every industry and we certainly know that. Um, but like now that people, I feel like this is showing a sinister layer that people could assume is there. But like now it's like really there and it's been confirmed and it's like, oh, it actually is hard. And you can also have everything and it can be taken away from you. And it's not because you're crazy or because you're a drug addict or whatever else. Um, and I think it, it does suck that like Rose McGowan, for example. Yeah, she just got a new show to be a victim, like to be a, a show about being a victim like that. Is, like that's her narrative now. Yeah. Rather than sucks. her just being able to get to create art. Yeah. Right? I mean, it could be argued that that is art. But yes, you're right. It, yeah. it backs you into. I think she'd probably rather be making movies. I don't want to speak for her, but I'm pretty sure that if she could have been in the position of just making movies this whole time, she would have done that. And not being like the poster woman slash spokesperson. For, I mean, it may be a role that she enjoys playing, but that's not. That's not what she envisioned herself doing. It's so sad. And I was watching like old Rose McGowan interviews last night, like from like 98. And like, she's just so young and pretty and like smart. She's very smart. And like, it just was like, it's just like this, how terrible that this like girl who was once this young, this woman who was just once this young girl who like came here and like she fought through being in a cult as a child and like everything else to have it taken away is crazy. And I don't even think people really knew what Children of God was. Like when she, I mean, like the Phoenixes were in it too. Like I, yeah. don't think pe- I don't think I ever really processed ever until maybe last year that they were brought up in like a child sex trade cult. Yeah, not a not a good situation. Yeah. Like you're digging out from under. I mean, So yeah, it really sucks to see someone come that far and then like. I just wish they would give these people jobs, all of them. There should be like a fuck. I don't know. There should be like some sort of like job network, like companies that are stepping forward and saying like, if you lost your job because of this and you're qualified to work here, you should work here. They do it for veterans. Yeah, literally, they do it. People, companies like Chase, Disney, do it for veterans. Why wouldn't we do the same for women who would be like, you know, we're gonna give you a place like. I don't want to say a safe space to work, but a safe space to work, like just to do your job without mm-hmm. you being a symbol of this thing that happened to you or like being like having to be reminded every day about this thing that happened right. to you. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's tough. But uh, like we wanted to respond just like generally to this because I'm sure, I mean, I know that if you're listening to this, you've read the news or something by now that this is just like all so, it's like the back and forth of it too. And I think the reason why, the Aziz thing, it has so many people fucked up is because people really have a hard time seeing a guy that's like kind of a beta male. Like, you know, it's definitely about like, oh, the white girls are turning on brown men now. He's a minority. And it's like, you know what? It's like your fave could like don't no one's exempt. Do you know what I mean? No one is exempt from being accused of this. No one is exempt from doing it. It's Rape and sexual assault is not just some disgusting man penetrating you without your will. Like, that is not the only way to do it. And it might actually be possible that a very successful man of any color, especially after we've seen, yeah, it's not just white guys. Like, I don't know. It doesn't matter what color you are. I mean, maybe I'm not in a place that I am the, the white girl. But, you know, there was still a power differential at play that I don't, feel like has been widely and en- like widely enough addressed 
It's like, you're at Aziz Ansari's apartment. Like, I would fucking go out with him just for this. I mean, I wouldn't now, but like, I would go yeah, out with him just, just for, for the, the story. story. It doesn't like, and I would put on a cute outfit and like maybe hook up with him, but that doesn't give him the right to be the a finger dick. finger thing really freaks And me then out. send me a gross, like, you know, quote, end quote, woke text about it the next day. Like, oh, you did exactly what you should do if this was a scene in your show. Right. You know? Yeah. Here's something that 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 being outed has really sparked some really interesting pieces. Not the shitty ones. Yeah. But inherently how our dating, what's considered dating norms yeah. are inherently like to devalue women and depower women and well, don't acknowledge that like the fight, fight, or freeze complex of people's yeah. reactions. Well, and uh, you know, most of the guys that are coming up with this stuff and being like, um, well, was it a bad date? Uh, no, you're just afraid you're going to be outed for your behavior. And like, you're going to be, you're going to be forced to confront that. Like you didn't take a soft no the first four times as an answer. That's, and you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say like, I'm as bad as these guys. Or like the idea that you can go to a man's apartment and not give them sex. Oh, yeah. Sex is not the like the apex goal for every outing that you had. You can have Absolutely. a sexually you can have a satisfying experience and like do oral and that'll be it. Or just do like second base stuff and that'll be it. Or, or do just make out or, or nothing. do nothing. Yeah. And that'll yeah. be it. But, like, the normalization of that being the end goal has been a detriment to women. Yeah. To the point where when we talk about bad sexual experiences, men and women talk about different things. So when – and I was just reading this really good article that was in the week called The Female Price of Male Pleasure. Okay. And then basically it was, like, an – in they did – they looked at a couple polls that were, like, unscientific but, like, really summed up a lot of things. And so, like, when guys talk about bad sexual experiences, they usually mean a partner that wasn't engaged or like the sex was more right when women talk about bad sexual experiences they talk about it being painful Mm -hmm. they talk about not having an orgasm Mm -hmm. they talk about feeling threatened Mm -hmm. and like the fact that those i know i have chills too i feel really like you should um, you should read the article it's really good but um and by the way that says everything that three different women from three different backgrounds are sitting here with fucking chills like and angry talking about this because you're exactly right a woman is in a is a inherently in a much more vulnerable position in any sexual encounter you know and that we're taught and conditioned to play hard to get and men are taught and conditioned to like take the no and keep pursuing and that that's keep always the end game it. whether i'm like not give, giving it up or whether you are trying to get me to give it up to you that's inherently always- it involves coercion. Yeah. yeah. Our sexual experiences are rooted in coercion. Yeah. And that's like, yes, it might be normal for dating, but it is a broken system that has left so many women unsatisfied and yeah. also mentally and emotionally damaged. That's so true, Christine. Damn, girl. That is, yeah. That's, <laughs> it is a big problem. I know it's huge. So like it's whatever huge. we've normalized in dating is has been so detrimental to women. And, and that we've we need to re- rethink about it. Yeah. Since childhood. Like, women you know? have been groomed to not be, to, to be polite and to supersede their own comfort in the service of another person. But that's so, usually even in our language and the way that we, I had some fucking guy at the airport yesterday who could have fully walked around the keychain booth to like not ask me to move out of his way. He was like, excuse me. And I was like, I would never do that. But I'm like, check myself that I would just, oh, you're not going to move. I'll just go around because women in language and movement in 
so many, and I find this with myself every day in in my life, in my personal life, in my professional life, that we, I am so, it comes so natural, naturally to me to accommodate other people. Oh. Like, let me, let me fix this or let me make you comfortable. How can I help you? How can I be of service to you? And it's that, that dynamic that I, I am. Those small examples though are very powerful. Yes. I had a very recent airport thing myself. I like Insta storied this, but like, you know, those are gone. So I will say that like, I, fl- I love flying Southwest and I usually like either get an upgrade or I pay for it in advance. And, um, but I only, if I ever get an upgrade, it's because I have good status with the airline because I paid to fly a lot of times with them. So, I am I I got a three, which is like great, great boarding position. You want to be in an A, obviously. So I'm a three guy ahead of me, a one and a two. Got it. We're all there. And they're like businessmen. They're white businessmen with suitcases. They obviously I think we were stopped in Denver. So they obviously were like having like a little quick weekend business trip or something. And this other guy walks up and doesn't say what I think he's a five or something and just starts talking to the two guys and and like you know and I'm like you know then he realizes after like 20 minutes of just babbling and saying like crazy shit like I was like also like this this could not be a more like offensive individual on every level um he he says oh I'm not even on this flight and he walks away and and I said to the two guys in front of me I said you're a one and a two right and I was like yeah and I was like you know I'm a three I said, why did you let that man stand next to you? And they were like, oh, it doesn't matter. And I was like, no, it's the principle of it. I said, if you were a one and four people got in line ahead of you, would you be upset? And he was like, I mean, and I said, so I said, you know that I'm a three. And I said, why? And it's just like so stupid. But it's like, you're not following the rules because I'm a girl. If I was another businessman in line, that would have been a completely different situation. And what annoys me about it is like, I don't have a company paying for my ticket. I pay for my own ticket. I pay for my boarding position. And I probably have worked harder to have those things than you have. Like, I am not from your, I've never had your privilege. I've never had that. My boyfriend is amazing. The dude fucking gets discounts everywhere he goes. And it's probably because he's like the nicest guy. But I also am like, no, it's also because you're like, I hope you know, like must be nice. Like everyone from your laundromat to like the that bartender gives us a discount because you're just so nice. I'm like, that's not how life works. Like I pay I sure like sometimes someone will take something off the bill for me or send over something or whatever but very rarely does my never has my laundromat said to me we'll take a couple pounds of laundry off for you (laughs) never and it's like and it's just I think that I don't even I and I think it's because I don't often pay attention to what white men are doing (laughs) it's just true like I generally think less of them when I walk amongst them in the world I just do um like those two guys, I'm like, of course you're like two fucking white guys with suitcases. Like, fuck off. Like, I travel for business all the time. I was the highest, basically the highest level status, medallion status you could be on my airline last love year. That. Uh, I'm regularly the Lex. only woman in first class. I'm regularly one of three women in the Sky Club, which I often, well, sometimes feel bad about even going to because you're just choosing to immerse yourself in like a less diverse, less, frankly, less interesting world. Yeah. And people have the most, it's so, it's so prevalent. I There's do so feel many weird stories guilt I could give. and like shame about being in like the, the club thing. I don't like that. 
it's free alcohol and snacks and like I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and also too when you're like traveling back from West Africa or no, sure. another place and you're like I finally have Wi-Fi, Thank I want to take a shower, yeah. I want to use soap. Like it is or when I'm camping out working for 3 hours and don't just want to have an but hour. But you just of said Wi-Fi. yourself, you know you're getting a less diverse and interesting experience be- by putting yourself into something that's been set up for pe- people who are wealthy to be in. It's a system. It's the same reason why I would rather stay at like a mid-price hotel in Paris than stay at the Four Seasons. Like, would the Four Seasons be amazing? Of course it would be. Would I stay there for a couple nights? Sure. But am I going to meet more interesting people there? Or out in the world? I wouldn't spend money on the Four Seasons in Paris for a variety of reasons. Number one being, if I'm in Paris, I'm not going to be in my hotel room. Like, I'm going to be out walking and hitting the streets. If I go back and pass out i my my mom my sister and i went to paris we shared a hotel room that was literally smaller than my bedroom here and there was three grown-ass women the beds were touching each other and like it was still like an absolutely lovely hotel room it was an amazing experience hanging out there no we were walking around all day and when we were hanging out there we were passed out from like walking yeah and jet lag and all that stuff so yeah i don't really understand it no there's just so many things to say about this topic yeah. There have also been some really – I know we're all talking about the same articles. There have been a couple in the New York Times that made me want to yeah. fucking stab my eyes out. Um, and Catherine Deneuve and her whole letter, that's not – absolutely not helping, um, especially in a place like France. Like, please no. Um, but I also think that a lot of the current – especially the Aziz thing, which I feel like is almost – I don't want to say it's a tipping point situation, but it is. It kind of feels like one. It is a tipping point situation in so many ways. And I feel like the reason we have so much anxiety about it isn't just because of the way that this man has presented himself to us in a show that he, to be fair, you know, gets to write about himself and, you know, create. Oh, I've never and, seen it. I just mean be, societally. He's I've never. But I will say he is the guy who writes a romance book. He's the guy that's like a beta male. Like, right. But also that men and almost every man I know is terrified that there is an instance in their past, whether mm-hmm. it's real or not, whether like their fear is f- f- like founded in a mutually held feeling or not, or a feeling by a woman who just hasn't said anything to them that they have crossed a line in some way that was not addressed because of systems that were, and I would argue are in place. And I think there is that anxiety pervades all of our mixed feelings about the Aziz thing. Yeah. Men and women, you know. And it was a little weird that he got to just be like, hey, guys, I made a statement. And we're all like, and his sorry, show, what? And his, so like, his show's not canceled. No. James Franco, Woody I mean, Allen. Well, I mean, that, that's been really interesting. Franco in particular, like how no one was really co-signing on his – his like ac- the allegations about him no one I, like it seemed like he like got away. i mean he won a fucking golden globe like did he get nominated no he didn't he was pulled off the vanity fair cover he wasn't even invited casey affleck can't present it seems like the oscars really putting their fucking foot down but in a way is like i the the black dresses at the golden globes really fucking pissed me off and i will just say this is that it's like too because you're not going to wear them next year. And it's still going to be a problem next year. You're, in fact, you're not even going to wear them two weeks later to the SAG Awards. Like you, this is like, this is not, 
It's not the, you know, the the first Oscars after 9-11 where, like, everyone's wearing their little political pins. Like, this is a much bigger problem than, like, a 9-11. Like, this is 9-11 every fucking day for women. And we'll continue to This is the 9-11 of women's vaginas and, like, spiritual existence. Exactly. And it, but it's, except it's not a flash in the pan moment. This has always been going on. It will continue to go on. And, like, to minimize that by wearing a black dress or taking a day off of Twitter or something is, like, really fucking embarrassing. Like, <laughs> it's just... Give these people jobs. Sorry. I keep coming back to that. Yeah. I mean, the hard thing is like, and I also like, I have a niece and I'm expecting another one on the way. And it's just like, how do you, like my, my brother could probably put the most, be the most strict parent and protect her and never let her sleep over anybody's house and always have her home after school. And there's still some way that she might experience a negative experience. Oh, I'm sure Macaulay's daughter. Like, yeah, well. I yeah. was raised. Uh, my mom was like, my parents were strict, cracking the whip constantly. Like, I was always on my toes as a child, home, d- like whatever. No, totally. Like, it is. It's not even. And it feels like an inevitability. It is, and that's that sucks. It it does suck, <laughs> and especially like it it does suck, especially when you. I mean, for every, like, you know, let's take it off of your family, but, like, someone out there has a niece that they love, and, like, they would fucking kill someone if they did this to their niece, but they still are shitty to women. Yeah. Like, and and growing up and seeing that sort of balance, the way that, you know, certain people I've known in my life, I'm like, but as a child, like, you, like, worshipped me, and, like, you, you know, made sure my mom was respected because she was a single mom, but, like, yep. you're so fucking shitty to your wife and kids. Like, and other women on the street. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So, you know, it's like a fun, I don't know. It's like a fun token sometimes for these guys. And like, isn't that nice that like a woman's like working on a man's level? Like, that's sweet, right? Like, it's just always so, it, there's so many things that are broken about this. And I don't blame anyone who feels really terrible every day. But I hope that people know that like they're not, they're definitely far from the only ones thinking it. And I think that I'm trying to be as solution oriented as possible moving forward, which is like, you can't fix the problem, but how can you start to make it a little bit right? And That's it's okay really if you're also, like, working through your own feelings about this. Like, there are things that I've had to work out. Like, okay, yes, this is this, this aspect of it is wrong. And, like, yes, it, it, it's tricky. It's tricky. It's hard, yeah. Because also the other thing, too, is that, I mean, like I said earlier, the only reason, I mean, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons why this is being handled the way it is with people coming forward is because there will be no day in court like and if there was it wouldn't work out in that person's favor because there's too much you know deniability or like reasonable doubt like there's too much there that you can say but this is a he said she said and even though you look at that and you're like that is absolutely not like a he said she said between Harvey Weinstein and Gwyneth Paltrow or whatever that's obviously not that sorry um but you it, it just like your opinion and your knowledge and like your gut instinct about the way the universe works especially as a woman like is is it doesn't matter the court system or like things will be like through um what's it called uh the window of time that you can and then after that statute of limitations statute of limitations which is fucking ridiculous like it's just absolutely ridiculous how that's how roman polanski got yep i mean not exonerated but i mean for all intents and purposes he was exonerated he's still working as a director yeah oh he can't work in the united states right though. he can't so, like, but he, he will have to he would be arrested when he if he ever steps foot back in the but united he's states. still working as a director in yes. hollywood yeah. with an enormous amount of clout and financial backing i might add yeah 
Yeah. Um, no, whatever. It just sucks. It sucks. It's really hard. Uh, everyone's still processing and working through it. But I'm ultimately glad that the moment is happening and hopefully it creates a forever shift because I think it's empowered a lot of people to speak out about their experiences and find a way to, to process the things that have happened to them that they might have brushed off as casual but they still felt bad about and also enabled a lot of women. Like I think about the whole like women's gymnastics Thing that happened with the doctor oh my god and how many more women have been able to speak up and Michaela Moroni's like not getting any legal implications for breaking her NDA that she signed and the fact that she even had to sign one is ridiculous but yeah that situation brings me to tears and I I, I what makes me more upset almost or as upset as the fact that it happened was about the cover-up yeah. And the hush-hushness of it. That is so... That is ultimately the thing that upsets me the most about this movement so far is, like, the perpetrators are getting their due, but the people who enabled that structure to to exist for so long do not have any recourse. Oh, they're like, oh, we didn't know. Yeah. And I'm like... Like, the producers right. that had, like, whoever was the producers on the Today Show that enabled Matt Lauer to do what he did for so long yeah. will never experience real recourse for what they did and how many women's careers they were who has it said know. like with the button they're like you have to put in a work order for that like you literally have to like call the building and be like hey i want a button underneath my desk so that it will lock the door like first of all are you an evil like super villain like who even has that is that from like that's like from an 80s movie where like you press a button under your desk and like the floor across from you falls because someone didn't make their quarterly bonus or whatever i just like i i yeah i there's there's a lot of people that were complicit. And to for say what? The least. Complicit's a small word. To keep the ratings so that you can keep advertisers, even though when he got the boot, the ratings went up anyway. So we could have resolved the situation ages ago. Like- I think that people get afraid too, because they're like, Well, if we point out that like, you know, Mickey Mouse is a pervert or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like he's someone that it's like he's a safe person for all these Americans. And so like the fear is like if we do that, like the whole company could crumble. Like this person we've backed. Yeah. And it's like it's like that's not actually a realistic fear anymore because one, there's so much on TV that like people who watch your show are gonna stay watching your show, especially if there's like an upset or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think the the companies they want to stay safe and they want to do like as little liability as possible. And if they fire someone because they found out something, they either will never never admit it. Which, yeah. by the way, I do wonder how many people have like departed from their jobs mm-hmm. like silently with like being like I'm never gonna I'm never gonna admit to this or cop to this. But this is we all know why this is why I'm leaving. But this will never be stated on the record. I do wonder how many like famous firings or famous things we know of people walking away after all these years are because like Jimmy Seville, for example. Like I don't th- he wasn't found out while he was alive. Really, was he? Mm-hmm. He was. Was he the British the like, guy at the BBC? Yeah, yeah. it didn't really like come out until he after he was dead i think yeah like the like the the weight of what he had done so can i say that and this is the final point i'll make on this and i want to give i hope in saying this it gives credence to like everyday women's experiences which i know is like what the me too movement is really about but you know we get so much press and so many media hits about people in very high profile positions household names people that we all know i think um you know 
being from the Midwest and living on the coast and being very politically progressive and socially progressive and someone who is like d- definitely my parents, especially my dad, are are decidedly like not uh, as much, especially as as they're aging. I think I have. I understand why people get skeptical about like people in Hollywood taking up the cause of women who work in fields or work in factories. And I know that it's with the best of intentions. And I, I, I love the intention and like the sentiment that is behind it, but they're still the focus. Yeah. And I know that they brought people with them to the, to the golden globes. And again, I get it, but it's not, that's it's also an, so flippant. It's like it's like enough. I'm sorry you were raped. Do you want to come to the Golden Globes? Like it's so flippant. It's like, also just a, it just seems if I'm like a a woman in Indianapolis who like maybe would have voted for Trump, maybe would have voted for Hillary or like I'm on the fence or whatever. I'm I'm not to be clear, but being from where I'm from, I get why people are like I mean we we live in Los Angeles, right? Like I'm we're in New York all the time, we're in LA all the time. But it just seems so far removed. It seems self-important. It seems yeah. so far well, removed. Well, no, people just have really odd reactions, I think. Like, I've noticed more and more people just have odd reactions in times of stress. That Keaton kid, like, fucking killed me because everyone's like, oh, like, do you, like, it's me, Tom Brady. Do you want me to, like, ride on my shoulders when I do my next, like, when it's like, no, dude, like, this kid's being bullied, okay? The solution is not to have, have fake adult friends that are celebrities. <laughs> that is weird. Um, And, you know, to be honest, a lot of people, yeah, it's easy to be like, but what about the factory workers? It's like, well, you know what? If you're working in a factory, you probably have to have that job. That's probably, like, your best option where you are. And for a lot of people, there is no, like, infrastructure to make sure that you're safe from that. And, like, there is no better job to go to. And all you did was just take away a paycheck from your family that probably really needs it. Um, there is no one to sp- – I don't care if it's, like, Tracy Ellis Ross, again, love her, or Eva Longoria, or whoever it might be. It's not like she's at the the factory door, you know, like, waiting for you when you right. get out at night. And, again, I appreciate the sentiment. And, like, of course money is needed and legal funds. But – I don't know. I, I'm a little bit conflicted about the sentiment versus what how it will actually play out. Right. Exactly. Because people are like in a rush to do something helpful. And what they don't realize is that they could be pulling out a thread that will fucking just dismantle a person's life. There's a reason why. Like it's not just being bashful or like embarrassed or scared of losing your job. Like there are a lot of reasons why that run very fucking deep for why women don't say things. I mean, I've shared on this like I have kept from partners before that that stuff happened to me because they've had I've had guys have terrible reactions in the past and basically be like, "Ooh," or like, that's drama. or I don't want to deal with that. Like, you imagine how there's a woman out there that would probably get the shit beaten out of her by her husband for admitting to him that her boss raped her like that is some dark shit, but that is a lot of people's reality. Beating up your wife wasn't even a crime 50 years ago. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. We could do a whole podcast just about this. I know. Do you want to take another call? Yes. Okay. Thanks for writing in, though. You know who you are. We heart you. Hey, Malls and Christina. This is Valencia again. I called last year about my mom dying. It was pretty weird to listen to it back and see how creepy and sad I sounded. And it was nice to hear you guys say that I would be strong and all that kind of stuff, but... 2017 was just a garbage, garbage, garbage year. 
and not, you know, whatever. You had nothing to do with that. But I'm calling because I have a new dilemma in my life. I like really, 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 really want to quit my job. And I don't want another job because I want to start a small business, an edibles company in Washington, D.C. I have already started like making moves. I've been making edibles, getting feedback from like friends and other people that I meet. Got my Instagram handle, working on my logo, bought the domain name for like the name I want to use for it, um, all that type of stuff. And just like the situation at my job has gotten like really, really awful. Like I hate it. It was already a boring and tedious place to work. And now I've had like this issue with one of the managers because she's like a passive aggressive person and I tried to sort of like take it higher up the chain and essentially they just were like "Mm, like you sound like you should be able to resolve conflicts by yourself and I'm just like but the whole point is like she's like being unprofessional which is why I brought it to you but whatever I'm calling because I would just like your opinion if you think it's stupid for me to quit my job I have money that I got from life insurance basically so it's not like there's no cushion there for me to be able to make a mistake and take this time in these six months or not six months however long it takes it's just that I kind of don't trust myself because if I don't have necessarily somewhere to be or something to do I can kind of flounder and go stir crazy and I've done that in the past it's just that right now my job is driving me insane and b I feel really confident about my business being viable in DC because their industry isn't like super oversaturated like it might be in like Colorado or California and I know I'm a great cook I'm a smart person and I've like, you know, try to do my research as best as I can. And I'm willing to like put myself out there and happy to do it in this, you know, edibles business. And I guess I just kind of want your opinion on whether that's a crazy idea or if I should just kind of go for it. Not in like a girl power, like you can do anything you want, girl way, but just like honestly, since you've started businesses yourself you're a creative person who like relies on your own um work ethic to pay your bills which I commend you for since you talk about how you like can't get out of bed yet you still do the podcast it's like so admirable that you have this incredible work ethic uh so I just kind of wanted your opinion because that's not me I like kind of like will flounder at points but I just feel like this is a really good idea this is a good time because the like weed stuff in DC is kind of just kicking off. So I just like your opinion on whether or not that's a crazy idea. Since I have the knowledge, the skills, and some cushion to not like end up homeless. Thanks so much. Okay, so I used to last year be and every other year and thank you for acknowledging that I wasn't the reason why 2017 (laughs) sucked Um, because also it did for like everyone and I think you I think that's why a lot of us have had a hard time getting the new year started whatever yeah I used to be really just like don't quit your fucking job don't be entitled like you know I'd be very you know just tough on people because stick with it yeah stick with it because also like you know jobs aren't easy to come by and the last thing i would want for you hey 
the last thing I would want for you, like as a young woman starting your life is to put yourself back out on the job market in a hasty way and then wind up fucking yourself. But I was going to say up until before you even said anything about the life, uh, life, what's it called? Life insurance. I said life support, life insurance money. Um, I was going to say, if you save two to three months of rent, I'm fine with you doing whatever you want with your job. Tell your job to go suck it. That's really the only thing that matters is that you have two or three months of rent because you can get something going in two to three months. Um, In terms of the life insurance money, that's incredible um, and obviously doesn't fix anything except for it gives you more options now for your life, which I think is something that your mom definitely would have wanted for you to have more options, you know, and so... What I would do in order just to kind of help you get extra motivated is maybe think about renting a WeWork space or something like that. That Because there's, you know, yes, there's the baking part and the actual stuff that you have to do at home probably. I don't think there's any commercial kitchen that's going to let you just bake up some weed. But like if you you're going to need to go and do, you know, reach out to people, have samples. Also, being in like a WeWorks environment is really good when you're doing a startup business or anything like that. I think young people who are renting a small office space are absolutely your target demo for something like edibles. Um, And I think that that would be a really good place for you to kind of just go every day, do your four, like, you know, do, do four hours a day. I think that if you're working hard, four hours a day is enough. Um, And really like just notes the grindstone emails, meet with people, have people come to your office space. Like, you know, have people come try your samples there. People will be happy to see that you're not doing it out of your house. You know what I mean? So, that's my advice. Stace, what do you think? So I definitely think that it sounds like you've really thought it out. I was in a job that I was um, miserable in about three years ago, and I wanted to quit from like month four, and I didn't. And originally, I thought that like everything else in my life wasn't going well because of my job. As it turns out, it was just like total denial across the board that yeah. permeated every avenue or like aspect of my life. And I actually got laid off. Um And all of these amazing things ended up happening to me after, but I digress. I think it sounds like you know you need some structure if you're going to quit. And I think knowing that about yourself, because I'm like that. And I worked for a company at home and I started to go out of my mind. Like I I have an office now with a like my, my whatever. Our headquarters are in L.A. I love it. I love being around people. There were days when my only human human interaction was ordering coffee. And mm-hmm. like I would go to yoga at like six and I would like be really chatty with people. And I'm like, I have I'm an extrovert. Like I have to be able to talk to people like I can't keep living my life this way. I'm like a yeah. monkey in a cage. So I think that surprises me that you're an extrovert. Really? Yeah. Come on. I don't know why. <laughs> well, because I feel like I know you. Like I know. I think I. I think I have at least a vision of your home life as well. And you and I are very similar in the sense that, yeah, I like to lay on my heating pad and not speak to anyone too. So, yeah, like, and I can, I'm so introvert that I introverted that I assume the same about you. I think. I think long. I need a balance. I'm. I definitely can feel my energy levels rising when I'm talking to other people, even if I'm like very tired. But I also need time and space to recharge. That's also incredibly important to me. But knowing her name's Valencia, right? Knowing that you need that structure, be vigilant and be disciplined about providing that for yourself. Like whether it's getting an office space or maybe you find another jerk off part-time job just to like give yeah. yourself some structure that's easy maybe work with other really people that you like Hallmark. 
Yeah, exactly. Or work at Starbucks. You get benefits that way. Like, I mean, whatever. I worked at Starbucks and they are my client now, but I also walked out of a drive-thru. I had to be there at like 4.30 in the morning. It was like the worst experience of my life. Maybe not for you. Um, but like <laughs> side just, note, I found out that store managers at In and Out Burger made make hundred and twenty six thousand yeah. dollars a year. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, McDonald's maybe is like starting salary is a hundred thousand for a manager. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, maybe there's another job you can do just part time to give yourself that structure where you're like, <laughs> I'm getting up in the morning, I'm getting dressed because and again, I don't know what kind of person you are, but I would say too, getting into what you're getting into, like living in California through like there are different organizations. <laughs> sorry, you guys are like are dying. It's just like, I'm like why am I? This- I know, I'm sorry. No, no I paid $100,000 so I wouldn't have to make $100,000 a year at McDonald's. It's the dumbest fucking thing when you think about it. I'm sorry. Like, why am I even trying? Like, Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 it's all good. I'm just being mispractical mid- Midwesterner right now because I am, like, terrified of ever not having a job. I also kind of, like, I'm okay with someone else. Just, like, I, you can worry about, you know, the benefits and I don't want to worry yeah. about that stuff. Well, which is why I'm the same way in that I'm, I've am i always been really tough with people up until now. And I think that that's actually the very much the smart thing to do is, like, to get a part-time job. Yeah. Even if it's doing something dumb. And if you're... Or just doing something easy. It doesn't have to be dumb. Just, like, something just not... That's not going to suck all of your mental energy away. Here's my deal. <clears throat> If I worked at a Starbucks now, though, I would have to drive, like, deep. Like, I could not be running into people I know you as a barista. <laughs> I think about that like, all I got, the time. Stace, I got your mobile order ready for you. <laughs> I mean, I could not be running into Like, people. how deep in the valley? Like, 45 like minutes. Like, Pacoima. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I like don't even, Simi Valley. Arcadia deep. isn't far enough. Like, no. I would need to. Sherman Oaks. No, that's still. Oh, like no, West, would, West Covina. Sherman Oaks would be worse than Glendale. West Covina. It had to maybe like yeah. Redlands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's IE. To Thousand be fair. Oaks. No, there's too many industry people. Think <laughs> far away from this business. Think not even. No Calabasas. No Thousand Oaks. No Agora Hills. No, have to no, no, be... no, 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 no. Deep SGV or, or IE or like North Valley. Azusa? Sure. <laughs> Azusa, maybe. A to Z USA. A to Z USA. You taught me that. Um, That's why I brought it up. <laughs> uh, um, blows my mind. Sheena from Vanderpump Rules is from Azusa, so I just don't know. I feel like maybe if I ran into Sheena, I'd be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't really know her. <laughs> I would do whatever it took um, to, you know. Sure. Know, make happen what needed to happen. Shame is a luxury. Exactly. But um, if you need that structure and you know you need it, I would advise. I'd also say, again, having lived here and like I have a couple of acquaintances like via City of West Hollywood um, politics and kind of community involvement who are very deep into like, you know, medicinal and recreational cannabis early on. Get in that game. Meet everybody you can meet. Find out everything you can find out get into like organ get involved with organizations because once things start happening it becomes incredibly competitive and i know people who have tried to get into this space and were too late to do it so you know to that end that you probably know much more about this than i do but i just was gonna say like it is it's real and very competitive and i just think like I wish I it's also a little different i don't know what you are valencia but if you're a personal color a person of color getting into this industry is also very different it's a very different experience for mar- the marijuana industry, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there was a really great episode of this show called Code Switch that talked about it, about how people of color try to legitimately get into the marijuana business and they still have to be confronted with the same sort of, like, gates that people of color have to face in any industry. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It's interesting. I feel like it's definitely been... I feel like anyone I know who's a weed boss in L.A. is always Latino, always. always. Really? Always. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, even in Portland, I was sitting next to a guy on Christmas, and I was like, what do you do? He's like, oh, a weed business. And I was like... Oh, there were some very pushy white people in West Hollywood, and finally I'm like, I'm not fucking meeting with you. I think it's very annoying that the standard is going to be offering, like, boutique weed gummy. Like, it's just like, guys... Like, but that's the business that we're set up for now, and I definitely can see it. Look, that is definitely – there's a lot of, like, rich white people throwing money at this business now. People will throw money anywhere they think. Well, it's incredibly lucrative, too. Yeah. Should I open a weed store? No. It's too late. Oh. I'm serious. The city of I West Hollywood – I a year ago. The regu- I mean, or, like, three years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's nuts. I think, ultimately, it will be – I think much like with tech stuff, the business is also in the accessories. Yeah. To that. Yep. Like that's where the real money yeah. might be. It's interesting to me that Bethany Frankel's doing her skinny girl weed. I feel like she's been working on that for a long time and I haven't skinny seen it. Skinny girl well, because weed? she wants to create a weed that it doesn't like, make you hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Like it's a munchy free weed. So it's like you can get stoned, but you don't get the munchies. And like I hate to point out to her, the only way you don't get the munchies is to fucking teach yourself not to get the munchies. Yeah, it's mind over matter. Yeah, like I don't get the munchies anymore. But like that was after that was like 15 boxes of Cheez Its later. Like <laughs> <laughs> 49 loco tacos later. But yeah, you will like 17 mozzarella sticks later. Up? Yeah. Does he want up? Yeah, he does. I'm afraid to pick him up. Hi. You've been very difficult this whole day. You forgot we do a podcast, huh? All right. Valencia, I think you should quit your job. Yeah. You know what? I worked for someone. She was one of the worst human beings I I have ever encountered. I am not gilding the lily on that one. She was diabolical as fuck yeah and i there are there's no shortage of like ill things i would wish upon her i'm just gonna say that lord strike me down um no but i love that feeling of qu- just knowing quit you your know fucking I job i really hope something terrible happens to you quit your job it honestly it, there's a point where especially if you have a little bit of financial leeway or runway take the leap just know who you are check in with yourself Know what you need. Like, if you're going to run your own business, you're going to be very disciplined, probably more than you even realize at this point. But totally support, you know, your endeavors to do that for yourself and applause for even being open to taking the risk because that's, like, so not something I would do. And I don't mean that because I, like, I I would never do that. Like, I just feel like I'm not really brave enough to do that. So do it. Yeah. All right. Well, then, Valencia, thank you for calling and updating us. It's always nice to hear an update, and we'll be thinking of you, girl. Send us your edibles. We'll plug you. Um, You guys, thank you for listening to Please Advise. That was a fun episode, Stacey. I'm so glad that you were my second guest back from our long little break that we had. I know, and I just want to say I'm going to give a little shout out that – I love being on, and it is a a privilege and an honor. And I also want to hark back a few months – because I had a very dark summer. For any anybody who follows me on the gram, uh, posts were infrequent and intensely emotional. 
<laughs> um, but I saw Malls. We ended up hanging out in Austin mm-hmm. for a night on the fourth, and Malls was the captain of my ship, and Ronnie was the Ronnie was there co-captain, and uh. Please advise Nation or Leah Shelton really delivered some. AKA my matching twin on my tattoo. We got matching tattoos. You know that, right? Yeah. And she really like took care of me in a way that I deeply needed and like just acknowledged. And so I just, I have, whether inadvertent or intentional, I have had incredible interactions with the Please Advise Nation as a result of my friendship with you. So. Well, you you know, you're the best. And also, Please Advise Nation is the best. I'm always, I'm constantly, like, surprised and pleased with how, like, the general quality of human that exists in Please Advise Nation. And thank you to anyone who came uh, to the bar in New York when I did my birthday thing. You guys are awesome. And for everything else, I'm just very, you know, I'm grateful for that reason, too. And Lee is, like, the fucking best. Yeah. I mean, she's a a rarity in in a lot of ways, but Please Advise Nation in general is a really fantastic. Yeah, they've been really great and kind and open and forgiving. And, you know, like, I just so deeply appreciate that, you know, you guys are really open and you tune in to us. And we're very, like, I think that we – I'm going to give us a pat on the back and I say and say that I think we make it easy to be nice to us because we're very fucking honest about how <laughs> like fu- the fucked up shit we've done or whatever. We definitely like I think we put a lot more out there than a lot of podcasts do of ourselves, you know, yeah. just to I mean, I never pat myself or anyone else on the back. But I do think that the reason why we feel very close to you guys is that you give us back what we try to give you. And, yeah, like, it's very easy to be nice to you. And I hope that you know, y'all aren't just suffering through us sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and as a guest, it's easier to open up when you know people are going to be putting all their shit out on the table. So, yeah. Vulnerability is good. Yeah, you guys rule. Thank you. 323-450-7408. Call the show anytime. We love your voicemail. Stacy. people can find you online at Cup of Jones. At Cup of Jones. Really on the gram. On Twitter, I'm, again, I'm a passive. I'm just standing on the street waiting for someone to give me a dollar. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but on the gram, I'm a little more of an active Are, is participant. Is your gram uh, like, public or private? private? It, my gram is private, but I will tell you, I've no. had a lot of please advise nationers uh, hit me up. And I always basically just look to see that you are either following Malls or Christina or please advise or all of the above or Ed. Um, <laughs> and as long as that, like, I'll always, it's just something I try to be pretty private about. But who am I kidding? Like, my boss follows me. And, like, I posted a story yesterday about this casino in vegas called the d <laughs> like whatever Ooh. so yeah hit me up did you get no, never mind. <laughs> i did say i will say that my favorite <laughs> my, <laughs> my favorite thing was that you sent me a picture of mozzarella sticks when i asked you for a selfie <laughs> yes I'm, i love i'm that. a big mozz stick i'm a, the mother of mozz sticks it's it really I haven't been able to get into them lately and i feel really bad about that because i love them i loved them growing up the last couple of times i've seen them i'm like mm-hmm. Good. Well, you know, my birthday party this year, this is my hope, which you will both be invited to, is my goal is to have a, that only mozz sticks will be served and that everybody has to bring that. a different dipping sauce. Yeah. Okay. But like, are there better sauces for that than marinara? Like, are there just going to be like 80 different marinaras? Blue cheese dressing. That is going to sound so disgusting Actually, to some people, but really it is dark. my favorite. <laughs> and my favorite pizza place that I order my favorite mozz sticks from, they know <laughs> that I they should always send me double the blue cheese You I do request. a cheese on cheese moment? Oh, they know. Last time, they brought the blue cheese over to my house, like, after they forgot it. 
Oh. Yeah, I'm in. So hot They're sauce. They're to feel that sting. Chimichurri sauce, pesto. You Like, get creative. Get pesto. creative. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to really, I'm going to really jam on this. Guys. I'm going to make an amazing marinara sauce. I'm saying mozzarella sticks. It's yes. only the beginning. It's just, it's going to so be so funny. good. I can't wait. So, but again, you'll be, both be invited. So I'm I look excited. forward to seeing what sauce What's, you bring. When is your birthday? May 2nd. I was trying also so like doing the zodiac sign calculation, but I'm terrible. Taurus, yeah. oh. pretty much all in. A little bit of little bit of an emotional cutter on the cancer. I'm a rising cancer. So. That's what I was going to say. Actually, Taurus is like the ideal sign for a cancer. Yeah, cancer is my rising sign, and I'm definitely a, a little bit of a masochist. But um, anyway, so please advise nation. It's been a priv. Privilege, you guys rule. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Oh God, he's just saying bye. He just wants you to. He's saying bye to you. Please advise nation. Okay, bye guys. Wax, you're very good. Thank you for protecting me. What? <laughs>